Hello, everybody, and welcome to Melbourne Throwless. I'm joined, as always, with the mighty Chris Ronalds. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, I've got a massive case of deja vu right now, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very good. And yes, I am mighty. Um, uh, most recently, I leveled up the series in our debate series with an absolute landslide, um, as voted by our listeners. Yep, I was uh, very disappointed to see that. Uh, our listeners are truly terrible people and they just don't know anything about disc golf is, is what's pretty clear to me. But uh, landslide it was, so well done to you. That evens the series 1-1. One, one. Yeah, we, we definitely got some feedback that maybe this debate topic was not as clean cut as uh, our previous one. And I argued in a certain direction and you argued in a certain direction. And I feel like there wasn't much argument against each other. We kind of just took it in different directions. Um, and anyway, the voters the voters vo um, voted correctly and uh, awarded me the landslide victory. Yeah, well done. Well, we'll have to get number three sorted sometime soon. So uh, yeah, please guys, if you have any topics you want us here hear us debate we'll we'll try to clean it up a little bit this time and actually debate them uh oscar felberg hit us up and said that he wants to know whether baskets should be standardized so that could be a cool one could be that's definitely a current flavor in disc golf media at the moment um i think that it could be a good fit beautiful all right so we had a huge weekend of disc golf last weekend the melbourne celebrates tournament Melbourne's premier event for the year, and uh, it definitely didn't didn't disappoint. So just before we jump into results, I want to have a quick shout out to all the volunteers because there was tons of volunteers and they made it a very smooth day. And it was just a I don't know, just a very well presented, enjoyable event. So from the uh, uh, what's it called, the players packs had a nice disc in it. And a cool little bag, like the ones we got from Gambia. A bunch of other little goodies. The caddy book was printed out nice on some waterproof paper. Each hole had a picture of the... Um, it had a little picture on it and a description. All that stuff was great. Course was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed hole 13. It was a bit of a blind shot for the back... Well, for everybody pretty sort of simple hyzer for the forehand guys but for the backhand guys it was real real sort of tricky setup and that's one that stood out for me um another one that really stood out was our hole the thrower's hole hole six and oh man it stood out for a lot of people for, <laughs> for, for, for the wrong reason stood out by a long way <laughs> yeah some some massive massive numbers uh, taken by a few different people. Couple 13s, lots of 9s, uh, and some 3s. Yeah. Lots of 3s. Wait, 10 shot separation. You just don't see that. Yeah. and like, don't see that at all. And, like, just to clarify, Matty Farina is not even in the country, so don't don't <laughs> even think it that he's responsible for those 13s. No, exactly. I'll have to... I don't know the situation with uh, Sarah Lee's 13, exactly what happened, but... I know Nath Parrish took about five attempts to get across uh, across for the first time, but I will give him one big shout-out. So, Nath Parrish took a 13 on hole six. He took no other birdies for the day. No other bogeys. No, sorry, no other bogeys for the day, but seven birdies. <laughs> Just tremendous. Like, if he had to clean that hole up, <laughs> he would have been outright leader of the tournament in round one. So, um yeah, that's a bit of a spotlight and a not light all in one. That's real MA1 behavior right there. Oh, 100%. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite hole had to be hole 18. Uh, I just To me, that was just a really cool golf hole. Very specific off the tee. I feel like you had to throw a forehand. I, I saw some people try to throw backhands and they just couldn't... You can't get the turnover without messing with the Mando. Uh, and they were just throwing straight out of bounds. So very specific type of placement shot uh, because you just you couldn't even get that much distance really with the way the trees were set up on the left. Throwing straight out of bounds and hoping that it, it comes stable. And then a, a very tough, low, punching mid to a basket on a hill. Um, 
yeah, really, really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, birdie the first day, which I just couldn't believe, and then a bogey the next day, which I, I, I believe that one. Um, that definitely happened. But, um, yeah. I was just going to say, having watched um, a little bit of the park media, and I just throw that into the same bucket in regards to the just the course presentation, that the work the park media did as well was excellent. Um, but... I yeah have seen footage of Hole 18 and I've got many retold stories of Hole 18 from a colleague of mine, uh, Pat Aldridge down in MA4, finished the event plus 10, um, but seven of those pluses came purely from Hole 18 alone. That's brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he only lost by three strokes. So, <laughs> a couple pars would have gone a long way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's the nature of MA4. I'm sure others would have stories, but he, um, yeah, the headwind was killing him, uh, particularly round one, I think, on hole 18. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. It was home to one of the worst shots I've ever seen in disc golf as well. I'll, um, I'll shout out Taryn Anderson here because I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen. So <laughs> uh, We've established this. You'll hear this in a six-month time. So I think I could freely speak. It, it was wild because the headwind was fair ripping and he got out his rasp, but I don't know. He, he threw it kind of on a like a forehand roller angle, I think. So as soon as it left his hand, the wind just took it and threw it sideways and it ended up way backwards it was way backwards of the tee and about 100 meters to the left it was was one of the wildest things i've ever seen but that's yeah the whole made you do some crazy stuff delicious yeah so now very well done uh to everyone involved really cool tournament um very much looking forward to melbourne celebrates 2024 yeah bring it on i hope to be there (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Well, someone who was definitely here this weekend and didn't seem to have any problem with the wind, might be one of the only people that didn't, was Tim Bohan. Clear winner of MPO. Yeah. um, Not quite mind the gap worthy, but fast approaching. Nah, for sure. Yeah, played very, very hot both days um, when no one else seemed to manage it and pulled out the ace. Yeah, round. Did you, did you, I saw that. See the video. Yeah, of that? round two, hole twelve. Um, saw all angles of that ace. Um, you know, Park Media are running with three cameras, which is epic. And then there's a couple of guys with their phones out as well. Um, yeah, how, how good a coverage is that? Tim must be frothing, frothing hard having that <laughs> up his arsenal. I know. I'll have to, the next episode of the T off is probably just going to be half an hour of that. <laughs> I'd have to be. <laughs> Uh, one of his Geelong comrades in Ryan Michelle had a very excellent tournament as well. And, uh, yeah, managed to snag second place. So the Geelong boys dealing with that Barwon Valley win, just having no problem. I'd have to wonder if that's um, one of, if not uh, the um, first MPO event for Ryan Michelle. Uh, nah, nah, he's, he's, played he's a been doing this it this year. Never mind. Scrap yeah. that. He's, he started with the Vic Open yeah. to purely to play the four rounds, but yeah. I think he played some of his best golf that tournament, and um, I don't think he's looked back. I think he's only done MPO since then. Yeah, yeah. It turns out my statement was wildly wrong. Uh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> welcome to the club, Ryan Michelle. But it is fair to say <laughs> um, Barwon Valley win practice coming in clutch. 100%. So well done to those boys, and sneaking onto the podium as well was uh, Leo Dykes, the the young kid who's been playing for about six minutes. Um, yeah, neg seven, very very impressive. Yeah, awesome. Him and Ryan Deer bursting on the scene. Um, I've there's no doubt in my mind that uh, those two chaps will be responsible for us uh, taking down the Westgate Cup sooner rather than later. Um, but given that there was some Geelong faces at this event. I also have to assume that organising a Westgate Cup is going to get harder and harder as word gets out that uh, Melbourne is producing some genuine MPO players. Oh, 100%. Yeah, give those boys a couple of years or a year and, yeah, it's all over. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Ryan Deer. Leo just leaving him in the dust. I feel like Ryan got Leo into disc golf and Leo's just like, nah, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> catch, you, catch you later. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do this thing properly. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you might have got a couple of eagles on the weekend, and yeah, very nice. And our boy Dazza, not far behind. I think he leapfrogged Ryan Hart on the last hole, maybe. Last, yeah, 17, I think. Mm, there you go. Um, nice. Uh, in the FBO... Ring-a-ding-ding. Was, ...was where we were really watching. That's what we really cared about. We're not, we're not too worried about uh, Timmy Bohan winning. He seems to just do that all the time. But the Sarah Lee and Cassie battle, that is what we came to see. That's what the patrons come to see. Exactly. And, yeah, one stroke separated Sarah ahead of Cassie. So it didn't the battle did not disappoint. No, I was having, like, a close look at scores. Um, Cassie got out of the blocks on the Saturday, went into the uh, championship Sunday with a couple of stroke lead, um, which had ballooned out to a seven shot lead um, after hole six on the uh, final round when Sarah took that 13 that you spoke about earlier. Sarah already worked hard for the first five holes to level it up, all square, five holes in, and Sarah and Cassie are probably, you know, both just looking at each other going, right, here we go. And then Sarah takes a 13. Uh, I, I don't know I don't know what goes through your head after that, but surely not thoughts of winning. Um, and yet, twelve shots later, gets it done by one. Sh- uh, twelve holes later, gets it done by one shot. Yeah, very, very impressive to shake off a thirteen and come back for the win. I think she bogeyed like five out of the last seven. I birdied five of the last seven holes or something like that. So, um, yeah, very well done there by Sarah Lee coming over from Adelaide. Yeah, huge. Uh, another little two-person battle in the MP4. Well. It's not really a battle. That's uh, a mind the gap. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ruben Burke just annihilated. Uh, pretty sure he took a double bogey on the last hole as well in uh, round two. So he finished neg nine overall, and I'm pretty sure he was neg 11 with one hole to play. He was, he was. Uh, just an absolute monstrous defeat over Chris Hart. Yeah. Who yeah did not... Yeah, come anywhere near close to having the event he wanted, but yeah, huge props to to Rubes. The man can play disc golf, man. He's very good. He's very good. Um, at one stage, I was honestly, I was just eyeing off the Ruben and Tim Bowen battle. They were, mm. um, Ruben was in the shed early, and Tim had a few holes to play, and it was whether or not uh Tim could get uh past Ruben, uh, which he did comfortably did in the end. Yeah, no, nah, very nice. So my division, MA1 boys, if you saw uh, the results from my practice round, I was clear favorite, unbackable favorite, and, I would have thought. And based on your social day events this year, you, yeah, yeah $1.02 favorite. I think uh, last time I proclaimed to my, to everybody that I'm I'm a factor now Yeah. in, in the disc golf scene. That was my exact words. <laughs> I had... Brendan Venton before the round come up and let you know talk to me about how I'm a factor. Hundred percent. I I, like, I think you went to the tattoo parlor at one stage to maybe get the factor considered. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have played much worse. I <laughs> I'm telling you now. The the ratings were very generous on the first day, and I got a couple late uh, <laughs> late birdies, uh, and then the second day just was yep that was right. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I, I, yeah, I couldn't do anything in the wind and I didn't really even give myself the chance to do anything good in the wind because I kept letting it go early or late or, um, yeah, it was trash. So unfortunately this is not about me. No. Uh, this is all about Marcus. Yes. Who, no surprise he wins. He, he's, he always wins. He's much better than everyone else, in, anyone else in MA1. But I thought some of us would have a chance in the with the shorter course, but uh, yeah, we just didn't. Nah. Well, Oscar and Brennan were leading after round one, but uh, I think they both shot plus one on the final day, and Marcus was like minus three or four, so it just went yeah flip flop. Good event, but still good event yeah, by Bre- good event by Brennan. Yeah, definitely. I was playing with him in the first. Uh, day and he took a double bogey on the first and then just sort of cleaned it up from there and yeah ended up with a neg five first round which is very hot 
So, um, yeah, no, well done by him and, yeah, and by Oscar. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Glenn, yeah, Glenn, it could have easily been Glenn's tournament. He, I think he gave up four strokes in the last three holes uh, in the first round. Yes. I think he was four under and then he took a, a double on 16, which might be the easiest hole in the course, and then a double on 18. And, um, yeah, if he had just held that, with that neg three in the second round, could have been anything. But yeah, well done on him to have a bounce back next round. And Nath Parrish to take a thirteen and finish even overall, beats some pretty decent players in Blake Nichols. Like, yeah, that's good form. Uh it's great form. It's great form. I mean, yeah, if he pars that, if he pars the eagleable hole, um, it's a different story. If he eagles. The eagleable hole. It's a much different story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, in the FA1, another landslide. Yeah, Emma's been playing some good golf lately. I think you gave her a shout out last podcast. I, did you I very much did. Uh, and yeah, two rounds well above her rating for a, a nine stroke victory. Yeah. Yeah, finishing nearly 50 point. Average above her rating, nine-stroke victory. Um, yeah, my spotlight mention was worthy. Yeah, 100%. So now this, oh, this I'm very impressed with. Lee Thompson, uh, been around the game plenty, 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 and just goes bang. This has got to be the best disc golf I've ever seen him play, I think. Uh, neg four for the tournament in MA40. Couple strokes clear of Paul Arden, and then a million strokes clear of third. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting going into the event. Um, you know, there was a lot of big talk about how low people were going to go, um, and obviously the wind was a massive factor. And the ratings have come out. Um, the ratings have come out. I think quite generous in the end, even though I wasn't there. But it does feel like the ratings have come out quite generous, particularly round one. But when you look at the MA40 division and just what, you know, playing steady golf and experienced golf, a lot of these golfers would have the lowest PDGA numbers at the event. Um, they kind of just, they chopped up the course and they played experienced golf and, um, you know, many of them shot above their rating uh, in the entire field. Now, very good to see. And yeah, good uh, good notice by you. Definitely, Definitely an old man's game would be required at Llewellyn Park. Yeah. So there's a name there that I wasn't familiar with, but uh, I got told by Doug Adams that Paul Warren was at Bald Hill on Saturday running between shots 40 minutes before his round on Saturday. He came to get a quick nine in as a warm-up and would throw and then run to his disc and then throw and then run. Uh, and then just made it in time for his, uh, his tea time at Llewellyn park. So, uh, yeah, interesting there by Paul, but, uh, yeah, got him in a third place. On a podium. So. Get it done. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Uh, the FA 40 was, uh, Sue Donnelly took that out. She, uh, yeah, hot, uh, hot event, well above her rating. So, well done there. Well done. Um, I'll uh, MA fifty. Um, Mike Vanderlinden. What jumped jumps out to me about Mike's uh, win, a solid win over Carey and uh, Spangers made it to the podium, is Mike, who is a uh, notable uh, eagle, who has been a large part of this club now for a couple of years does not have a PDJ rating. This must have been his first PDJ event. Yeah, he doesn't... Um, uh, well, no, he's played PDJ events before. He just doesn't have a number. Okay. So he doesn't... That's not his scene. Okay, there you go. So he plays the the Melbourne organised events, yep. I'm pretty sure, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just doesn't have a number. So I'm sure he's played a few of them before. All right. But yeah, he just likes playing the, the social days and, and the Melbourne stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, 
it's going to be it's going to be a thing soon where there's going to be a lot of people like him. Potentially, yeah, for sure. Mm. But yeah, now he killed it. I was so impressed. Yeah, he's definitely um yeah, he obviously uh, cuts up stony, so if there's a couple of shorter holes, he um yeah, he knows how to find a birdie. He knows how to park a hole. So, um not surprised to see him finish under the card for sure. Now, I'll have to give a shout out to to my old man with the huge eagle on hole two. Uh, I don't know if I heard about any others on the weekend. Um, so hole two, he sort of played up to a crest. It was about sort of 60-ish meters up to the crest. And then the other 60, 70 would be downhill after the crest. So yeah, a bit, and it was, the basket was sort of off to the right and there's a, a Mando on your right. So lefties would be throwing some straight to slightly turning thing that would then drift back over to the right once he got over the crest. Power forehand players, similar type shot. Um, Jeff Brunson, not a lefty, or not a forehand <laughs> player. So he threw it the 60 meters up to the crest and then threw it in from there. Love, Why not? Love that. Love that. Yeah, so that was his round one. Hold Zoo takes an eagle. So, uh, yeah, good shout out there to, to Jeff. Yeah. Missing out on the podium, though. A couple spots off, so a uh, couple shots off. So another eagle would have gone right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of Stony Slayers, uh, looking at MA2, none other than Sebastian Williams takes out the W by one shot. Uh, Chris Scott definitely makes a charge in the final round. Um, but, and they end up both bogeying in the last hole and Seb wins by one. Yeah, that was a cool battle to watch. Uh, it, it doesn't look anything like how it did after round one, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is not a surprise for the, for the MA2 boys. Cause I think Brett was a neg five Brett. round one. Yep. And, uh, and Austin was on the podium at that stage as well. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, it was really great. And Seb started with like a double bogey. I think he went like double bogey, birdie, birdie, bogey, something crazy like that. Um, so, yeah, real roller coaster. And uh, Chris Scott had a, yeah, a uh, plus first round. So, a very hot second round for him to charge back. But, now that was cool to watch to see the, uh, the fluctuation up and down. Yeah. But, uh, Kyle Herbertson. Hot rounds by him. Yeah. Well above rating. Yeah, 60, 60, 59, 60 above his rating. Massive effort. Huge. He was ahead of Chris Scott in the first round. And I, I don't know, I can't, I don't want to speak too much for him, but I can't imagine it was too many times he was ahead of Chris Scott. So, um, nah, very well done by Kyle. I love that. Yeah, that was, yeah, definitely uh, good to see his name climb that board. He's been in the game for a little bit now, and uh, I'm sure he's looking to get some podiums soon. I'm uh, I'm looking down the other end though, and I'm looking at our boy, the Ace Man. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I did see this. Oh boy, that's um, Brayden, mate. What happened? Yeah, got absolutely crunched. Uh, but with a PDGA number that starts with a two and a five, uh, I imagine his experience in the wind has to be limited. <laughs> that's he's like, <laughs> new to the game. Well, I'd have to give him a pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Janet stays hot. Janet's been playing some very good disc golf as well. Correct. So getting the win over Anita Weber, who has been tearing it up lately, that is no small feat. Uh, not at all. And again, um, Anita kind of had a bit of a chance uh, coming down. It's really close. You know, three shots separate uh the entire field there and uh, Anita had the hot round two by seven strokes. So uh, definitely got back, got herself back in the mix there round two. Um, but yeah, Janet got it done. Yeah. It was just Janet's first round. It was incredible. And then there was just no catching her. Yeah. Ah, so MA3, our, our not light strikes again. Coming in clutch. It is. It's such a blessing to be not lighted by us. Yes. So you went after Farron uh, Olitagua. Yeah, that's not how I said it, it, but that'll do. 
<laughs> what would you call it? Oil tagwa. That was it. Oil tagwa. That's what we're sticking with it. And oh, oh boy, did he respond? Yeah, fitting, fitting. That is the response we're looking for. Yeah, I love it. So a big victory by him. Five strokes clear. I have a little funny story though. So, uh, so I had no idea who it was. I'd seen the name plenty, but I I never actually met the guy. And uh, we're at the practice round, and I'm just sitting on my cart, and someone comes up to Aiden who's standing with me, full daps him up, like gets the hand, the big hand up high, grabs the arm, pulls in, um, goes to Sam Barnett, same thing, and he sort of, all of a sudden, this guy's looking at me. So I just put my hand out. I'm like, hey. <laughs> and he gives me the dirtiest look. <laughs> looks me up and down, looks at my hand, and then just sort of turns off. And I was like, so I turn to Sam Barnett. I'm like, what a strange dude. <laughs> and then he turns around and goes, where's your mate? <laughs> and I go, who's my mate? Oh. And I go, you're Farron, aren't you? And I just started laughing. <laughs> so good he was salty <laughs> i love it that combined with uh his instagram post about us yeah and um i was having a chat with paul arden and he was talking about how he was playing with some guy who wasn't happy that he got called out <laughs> and i was like oh who's that and he's like oh something to do with like a ballarat and i was like oh it's Farron. <laughs> <laughs> so the salinity levels the absolute saltiness is very high and i love it i'm here for it i'm I wouldn't have it anyway, other way. And he's, I hope he gets even madder. And he's channeled it. And he's channeled it. And I'm, I'm sure he's full circle on it. And now he's he's got to live the experience of, you know, why the segment's there? A hundred percent. So, no, yeah, full credit to him. Excellent two rounds. Um, yeah, well done, mate. Yeah, huge. Um, only, only person. I, it's, it's one under for the event. But, yeah, only person under the card in his field. Um, that's pretty cool. Nah, for sure. Followed by uh, Peter. Peter had an excellent uh, excellent tournament as well and, yeah, came out with second. And uh, Melton Boy Penn just charged hard in that second round. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bit of a bit of a discrepancy between round one and round two, as you would come to expect uh, in MA3. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's coming, Penn. He's coming. Yeah, I like that. Him and Chris Koo uh, rounding out the the podium. Yeah, and now I, I, I'm, I, I'm not familiar with Lewis Penhall. Yeah, neither am I. Castlemaine, so. Victoria, but also final round minus three, um, which, yeah, it's just huge. It's a six score in any division, but particularly six score in MA3. Nah, for sure. Mine was plus four, so. <laughs> it's a little bit better than that. Um, now, while we're in MA3, I just need to, yeah. you need to go to the bottom and you're going to find none other than Mr. Alan Mainpar, uh, Mr. Ballarat yeah. tra um, transferred to Geelong himself. Yes, he is sitting in last place in his event, but what you would not often find is when you expand and you have a closer look, he is shot above his rating. Um, so, uh, well done, Alan. Uh, I know that that's definitely a goal at every event that he rocks up to this year. He's constantly trying to shoot above his rating as we all are. Um, and you know, results will take care of themselves, but, um, I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, that yeah, may maybe it's not the event he was after obviously coming in 15th, but to still shoot above his rating. Well done. Yeah, that was good. I had a chat with him at the pub after the first round and, uh, yeah, he was quite pleased with his, yeah, with his round. So. Good spot by you. Uh, MA4, we had uh, Jonathan Martin taking it out. One stroke over Max Tats and a couple behind was uh, Pat Eldridge, who you spoke about, really gave it up on the on the 18th. Is Max Tats a stage name or is that is that, <laughs> that chap's real name? I don't know. I, I think it's the real name, but... It's such a good stage name. Isn't yeah, it? that's sick. He could work. He could work in a couple of different fields with that name. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I must admit I'm not too familiar with a lot of the uh, the MA4 crew, but um, yeah, Max Tats, one to keep an eye on. 
Uh, yeah, a couple of my colleagues are kicking around in there. So you've also got uh, Mr. Canada Maple Syrup himself. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we've already spoke about uh, Pat Eldridge. You've obviously got the uh, the more famous Chris Scott, a um, couple of Melton crew, and you've got Ash Wiener chilling it in there as well. Yeah, I think he ended up moving down to MA4 just for the timing for filming. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Makes sense. Mm. Um, and in the FA4, FA4 we've got uh, Tanya Behan uh, coming back down from Queensland to get a uh, four-stroke victory over Nicole George. And uh, pretty handy after that was uh, Christine Go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good victory by Tanya. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm sure she's enjoyed her little stopover back down in Melbourne, just going home with the W. Yeah, and a big fat ratings boost as well, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, a cool 77 average above her rating. <laughs> and uh, Maddie Pearsall takes out the MJ15. No surprise there. Just uh, way too good. Yeah, rinse and repeat. That is a gap and a half. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. So I know you did a bit of uh, stats diving. Yes. Uh, is there anything that jumped out at yeah, you? Yeah, quite a few things. Quite a few things. Um so I already touched on Mike not having a rating. Um, let's He plays MA50, but let's just monitor if he ever plays around in some uh, other cheeky divisions because that was a 9.30 event for Mike. So um, we obviously wouldn't want someone 9.30 rated ever signing up for MA3. Um, <laughs> good event by Mike. Um, look, those with ratings um, and playing well above... Um, You've got to mention uh, Christine Walker, 142 rating points above her rating, um, with round one being more than 200 points above her rating. Um, it, I've tried to put that into strokes. Like, essentially, we're talking about the better part of 25 st strokes over 18 holes. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, I just sp spoke briefly about Riley Maple. He has to come in next. 110 um, rating points um, above his rating. And the other one to hit three digits was uh, Mr. David Wood, um, 103 above. Um, I was going to honourable mention this. Oh, look, I'll, t I'll save the other end of the scale just in case it might be one of your honourable mentions <laughs> uh, yeah. for not lights. I'll, sa I'll save the, under the other end of the scale and I hope I haven't taken any spotlight glory from you there either. But um, no, no, there's yeah. a few other names to be spoken about this podcast. No, definitely. Yeah, we might be on the same page. There. A couple of things I might have glossed over. Leave, leave it for later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. So we've got some... Pretty big news for the Throllers non-ventation. Oh, I tell you what, for an event that at one stage was at risk at not getting off the ground, it, it's come full circle. Oh, it's it's becoming a big deal it's now. It's a huge deal. <laughs> so not only are we at capacity, big. we've got our 36 players, and they've come out into four pretty nice little group divisions, I think, anyway. Um, I think it's going to be a, a spicy little tournament. Beautiful. But the ADG announced only a few days ago the dates for the Oz Disc Day, which is a fun day on the calendar every year. It came out of COVID and sort of stuck around. And it just happened to be the same date as the, the non-votational. Just happened. I mean, some might put that down as a coincidence. Some might say getting on the coattails of Throllers and their uh, passionate audience base. That makes more uh, sense. That definitely makes more 100%. sense. 100%. Uh, so I emailed Mr. Paul Arden and said, well, what do we do to make it a uh, an Ausdis Day event? And uh, criteria is pretty simple. They're, they're not going all out this year with the discs and all that. So all they want to do is make sure that people have a, a fun and um, low-cost event. And I said, oh, well, we can do that. So... <laughs> The Throllers Non-Dimentational is now going to be part of uh, Oz Disc Day 2023. Huge, huge. Could take down a national title by competing at our Non-Vitational. <laughs> exactly. And uh, for anyone uh, 
bit worried about how our weird four division setup's going to work. Uh, the ADG and the PDJ are very separate, so one um, when I put the results in, I'll send it through to the ADG in the division that you play normally. So, but um, yeah, looking the top divisions looking pretty spicy. We've got yourself, Dazza, Oscar. Tim Bohan, the guys you can never seem to beat. Mikey Hare, Ryan Michelle, Blake Nichols, Leo Dykes, and Brendan Venton. Hot. Hot. Very hot. So, um, yeah, no, it should be, should be very good. So, thanks everyone who uh, signed up and who's listening and is keen. And, um, yeah, we'll get some updates out in the next few weeks. It's still a while away. MA1, yeah, that's, yeah, these divisions look tasty as. They look good, don't yeah. they? I'm excited. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Each division's going to have nine people in it. So, um, yeah, good sort of, uh, you know, it's a good win when you get it. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Um, cool. So, we've got the big wet this weekend. Yes. And you're actually going to make... I'm dusting off the Frisbees as we speak. The irony that you want to debate about whether uh, multi-day tournaments uh, should be <laughs> should be included, and you cannot attend multi-day tournaments. No, I can't. And I, they're they're and not they're them. not very inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a one-day tournament here, so uh, you're on board. Yes, I'm very much on board. I'm looking forward to it. Um, zero expectations for my own golf but um do uh look forward to yeah getting up to uh gold country and playing some disc golf mine were super high uh if you asked me one week ago i'm like <laughs> well i'll win the melbourne celebrates and then i'll roll in and just uh win the vic open as well but uh now they are in the toilet probably come last <laughs> so we'll see how we go we will see. We will see. <laughs> All right. Should we check in with uh, Bane? Do a little bit of Bane spot. I would love to. What? Um. Yes. Uh, what was the event again? Uh, I can't remember the name. It was stop number seven, and it the, is the Arland Open. Yes. <laughs> do you know? Uh, do you know uh, much about this location? Not even a little okay. bit. Okay. Now I'm going to butcher this, so don't judge me, but. This is partially facts. Take it as whole facts. I'll say it confidently. Arland is an island, okay? It is uh, next to uh, inhabited. Um, it is a disc golf island. Um, essentially, um, yeah, some disc golf companies and uh, got involved and they installed the championship course there. But it's my understanding that there are many courses on this island uh, and if you go to this island, there's basically only one thing you can do, and that's play disc golf. Um, there's nothing else. <laughs> there's it. nothing else to do there. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty wild location. And this is the first time they've hosted a Euro Tour. Uh, did you get a chance to watch much of it? No, nah, none of it. I didn't see anything. Okay, pretty rough around the edges. Um, you know, a lot of fair, you know they've got a obviously they've got a free for all. They can do whatever they want. But there's obviously these wooded areas um and they've ju they're just chopping out fairways it's quite rocky quite hilly quite beautiful like this coastline 360 degrees i imagine it's a pretty tiny island um but yeah they've got some big boys across there from the states and uh the europeans rocked up um how did baney go one stroke off cash oh, no. one stroke off cash 14 down got your cash, and he got 13 down. Yaza. 35th place. Yeah. Tough. There you go. That's tough. He had a hot last round as well, um, mm. but still just fell short. Yeah, disappointing. That's uh, three no cashes in a row for him after a pretty hot streak. Yeah. I'm just having a look at his round ratings. 1,007, followed by a 976, uh, but... The 10 mm. rebound to 10.31 final round. Big. Yeah. Big. It needs that with the uh, 
the update coming in next week. Yeah, I don't don't know what direction he's going in. Don't think it's up. Don't oh, think it's upwards. I know. <laughs> I know which way he's going. Um, household name took it out. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, I'll let you. <laughs> what are you going uh, with? There? Yeah, well, that's uh, my that's Myro Renahan. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, never heard of him. Thousand six rated. Gets it done over Nicholas Ansel and Eagle and Big Man. Yeah, that's it's, uh, very impressive. Very, very cool. Um, just consistent, smooth, really just European in nature. It's like, I don't it's funny because, like, there is such a gap between the best European golfers and the best American golfers, particularly on the rating front and, like, event to event, it just looks like it. But then every now and again, something like this pops off where it's like, I'm sure if you ask Myro, he probably didn't play out of his skin. Like, he did nothing look like he was trying too hard. He just hit birdies and won the tournament. But he's only a 1,000. Yeah, game. he's only a 1,006 rated. It's crazy. Well, he had a 1,060-something event. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very impressive. 60 above his rating is, is, is hot when you're a 1,000 It's huge. It's wild. <laughs> No, that's cool. I do like to see that. Would have been nice if 1,002 rated Luke Bain had a won it, but hey. Um, and did you see Scott Stokely winding back the clock? I did. Um, I wanted to... I did. He was lead card after the first he, round, He right? was. He was. Now, I want to bring up this stat um, because this is a sick stat. Uh, let me grab it. Please tell me you put it up on your social, Scott. God, you're all over the shop. Um, oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. Scott Stokely scores a minus nine fifty four at round one at the Arland Open on the PDJ Euro Tour, putting him on the lead card next round. This is Stokely's first lead card at a DGPT point event with a PDJ number of three thousand one hundred and forty. Stokely is the lowest PDJ number to make the lead card at an MPO DGPT event ever. That's incredible. Yeah, that's a six stat. PDGA number 3,000, right? Yeah, that's And insane. he's making the league card and he's finishing, you know, T5th. Um, yeah, I, I think he's like, he's played a bunch of these European events. I, I think when you take like next rating update, watch his rating shoot. I think he's, hmm. I think he's averaged more than 30 points above his average, uh, his rating for the Euro Tour. Damn. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Good on his stokers. Yeah, that's awesome. He's an honorable Australian after coming down here and uh yeah, playing some good disc golf and yeah, being fr- and visiting everyone. Yeah, and being friendly, yeah. Nice. Yeah, T fifth for him, so well done. Yeah. Good deal. So Bainey's done in Europe. Yes. That's it. That was his last event. Boom. So he must have made enough money to get the plane ticket over to the States because he's signed up for the Ledgestone Open. Yeah, this weekend, here we go. Do you think he can beat Hardy's score? Um, look, we uh, time will tell. I uh, I just finished watching this afternoon a little bit of um, the Worst Shot Triples on Oh, yeah. Ezra and Brody's channels. Um, I need to double check this with Hardy and I, I need to cross reference my scores. But I think Hardy shot a plus 16 round one. Um, and I think those three dogs beat him by one shot in, wor- oh. in worse shot, in worse shot triples. No. I needed, I need to double check all that, but I think it came down to the wire. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> Well, that's not so bad then. No, no, no. But that that yeah. course looked brutal. They were not having fun. As much as they released that video, I'm sure they considered not releasing the video because they were clearly <laughs> not having fun by the end of it. Well, let's hope Bainey has some fun because, yeah, that course is absolutely ridiculous and there's just a ton of killers. Yeah, they get to play two courses at this event, don't they, I think? Uh, sure. Yeah, they do. They do, and I think I think some of the holes, or maybe even some of the like a, a big chunk of the other course that they play is um, brand new. Um, oh, that's cool. what social media leads me to believe. So I don't know if it's two rounds Northwood Black, two rounds the other one. I'm not too sure. You'd think we'd uh, know this sort of stuff if we're going to run with a disc golf podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, there is definitely a couple of courses in play at uh, the Ledgestone. 
Yeah, cool. Well, now it sounds better. Now that you mentioned, I'm I'm thinking back of coverage last year and I think they remember zooming out with a drone and they're like, see that whole land of forest over there? Like, we're making a course there now. Yeah. So, ah, oh, cool. Well, it'll be good to see. Um, all right. So, um, oh, before we move on to the player radar, I just want to quickly touch on the nationals because we talked about last week about how it was going to open up yes. for everyone and yeah fair jump already so that's good there's 75 players now listed in the um in the first weekend yeah. so uh halfway to their target but yeah even if they can end up getting 100 and something that's going to be a very good weekend uh and 121 registered at the moment for the second weekend with six people on a wait list. So that could definitely end up getting a full 150. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, very, very. Uh, and there is a name. Uh, I've lost it now. Uh, yeah, a name that I saw registered for MPO, Andrew Fish. Yes. You see that? Did I not mention this last episode or an episode or two ago? Oh, maybe. You or did. maybe I just, I just maybe, I, or maybe I just spoke about it in a group chat somewhere or something. But yeah, I did know. I did notice that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, he's the yeah the first American I've seen that's popping over. Ah, uh, well, he's actually um, there's yeah there's a couple. If you have it sorted in rating order and you scroll to the very bottom, um, you will actually find um, a very very good friend of mine, Mister Cy Spencer. Um, says it's com- he's coming over from Illinois. Um, but uh, the truth is he's living in Singapore at the moment and he messaged me the other day to say he's signed up for Nationals. So, um, yeah, super pumped to see Cy, uh, legend of a dude, and stoked that he's um, playing NPO. Hopefully uh, we'll get to play on lead card together. Yeah, sounds great. I'll look forward to it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, All right, so... Well, we got suggested a couple of weeks ago for our player radar to be Peter Barrett. We did. And uh, you don't even know who that is. And I don't think I've ever actually played around with old Pete. No, we try to we so, try to clarify before recording. And I had a few guesses of what he might look like. And I was not on the right track. So, uh, no, I don't think I know who Peter Barry is. So, we had to uh, enlist the help of a couple uh, trusted listeners. And they've come up with some ratings for us for for Peter Barry, but as uh, always, we'll come up with our own special category. Can you can you remind everyone at home what the the normal categories are? Chris? Of course, I can. So normal categories are driving, putting, mental game, and hard vibes. Beautiful. And uh, Peter's special category this week is ability. To get angry. Ability to get angry. I love that. Mm. All right. So you want to kick us off with uh, with driving? Yes. Um, and uh, we're keeping these uh, Raiders anonymous at this point, maybe for our yes. listeners to figure They're out. Always. Love them. Always anonymous. All right. So uh, putting. Uh, no, driving. Let me get this in order. So no, you're good. Yeah, whichever way you no, want. I got it. Driving. Um, we've got this passionate listeners giving Peter a three. Uh, he, it's got a nice shape. Uh, he uh, throws a flex backhand well. Doesn't think he's ever seen him throw a forehand. Does throw a slammer as a semi safe wobbly forehand upshot at times, but driving is landing at three. Nice. Well, my guy's gone a little bit lower. He's gone uh, two. Uh, and purely because that's what this person was rated. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Pete get two, two and a Pete half. comes out at 2.5. Yeah. Bad luck to whoever that might've been that, uh, made that ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, putting, he's gone with a three, uh, uh, because he's probably better than me is what, uh, is what the note is. Okay. Uh, the note I've got here is also with a three solid and safe. Not spectacular, but not awful. Uh, that's a pretty good description of a three, I think. <laughs> nice. Uh, mental game, uh, coming up with a three. No explanation. <laughs> no explanation. All right, so this one, I've got a four. Never seems upset. Seems to stay in his lane really well. Doesn't seem to carry baggage throughout the round. That is a four. So that goes to 3.5. 
Beautiful. What about card vibes? Card vibes. Uh, my listener has thrown him in at five. Boom. Always smiling. So friendly. This doesn't bode well for his last category. It, it's almost off-putting <laughs> how nice this guy is. Uh, and my guy must be a little too put off by how nice he is because he's gone with a four. All right. He said, uh, always fun to have on the card. And he just said that uh, he does want it noted, though, that it's hard for him to rate players because he doesn't really pay attention to them while he's playing with them. <laughs> he said that's probably the reason that he got such a shit score for his card vibes. <laughs> there you go. Um, nice. So what are we what are we looking at at the moment? What's the, the time? Oh, I love that. Quick math. Seven, eight, eleven. We are at thirteen point five. Thirteen. Oh man, he's right on track for a top spot. Yeah, now. another three would so, uh, a three here would tie him up. So you don't know Pete, so I'll have to take this one for you. Um, so ability to get angry. It's a big fat zero. I'm sorry, Pete. Uh, I've never ever seen it. I. If you just look in his direction, he will somehow know, turn around and give you the biggest smile in this guy. <laughs> Super nice guy as listed. Just always friendly. Always so happy. A just big, big smile. Just can't get angry. So, sorry, mate. It's got to be a zero. All right. Um, unlucky. Unlucky. But um, we stiff, very we stiff. already have... Um, Two list, uh, two player raiders uh, down at thirteen, and so he's not down the bottom. He's in front of buckets. He's in front of Taron uh, with his thirteen point five. That puts him just behind Pat Utri on fourteen. Nice, good spot there. I like that. Solid, solid. Uh, yes. Yeah, so anyone who wants to be rated or have someone rated, just let us know. I think uh, Doug threw this one out as a joke, apparently. But uh, we take our listeners very seriously. Yes. So yeah. Let, <laughs> let us know. Let us know. And don't think, don't please don't think. Ah, oh, but would they rate me, guys? We have six listeners. If you're thinking that and you haven't been <laughs> rated yet, you're the only person we haven't rated. So just exactly. so please just throw it out there. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up with spotlight, not live. All right. Yeah. This is. This feels like a long episode. Why does it feel like such a long episode, Alan? Oh, we just talked about every every single person who played at Melbourne Celebrates. Oh, it's got nothing to do with the fact that this is take two. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we got about 10 minutes in and I realized I never hit record. So, um, yeah, we, we went again. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Spotlight, not lights. I'm good to go this week. Are you? Yep. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. Um. A lot of both my spotlights and my not lights um, have kind of loosely been talked about. So I'm going to go with my spotlight first. Honorable mention was actually just going to go to this segment. Um, you've already talked about Farron's awesome event, uh, and you also we also spoke about Kyle's awesome event, and um, we have to take full credit for those events. Um, and so the honorable mention goes to this segment. Um, but my actual spotlight is and again i spoke about this earlier goes to christine walker having around 200 rating points above your rating um is just phenomenal uh so well done christine walker excellent do love that yeah now she played fantastic and um yeah it's always good to give us a a pat on the back because uh we deserve it we always deserve it correct <laughs> uh my Honourable mention is going to go to Owen Maisie. Um, I just got to quickly find where he's at because I'm sure he absolutely murdered his second round. Uh, where's he at here? Round ratings. Uh, yeah, 120 points or 115 points above his his rating and nine strokes better than his first round. So... Huge, huge effort. Big event for him, above rating all over the place, but massive second round. Um, I was very impressed with the young fella. Came up to him and I said, oh, how'd you do today, mate? He's like, oh, yeah, it did all right. And he goes, oh, actually, I did really well. Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, so very nice uh, to him. Has to be an honorable mention, though, only, unfortunately, 
because um, we had some games going on at the pub after the first round. Okay. And one of the games is Schulen. It's a Dutch shuffleboard oh, I'm game. very familiar. Mm. And um, we there's a there was one name and one name only on the leaderboard on the back of the board. That's because uh, pretty quickly after my old man made it, I put up a <laughs> I put up a pretty hefty target, and uh, it's been busted out at a lot of different events, and no one has even come close to it. So I'm looking pretty solid, and I'm teaching people how to play. Yep, this is what you need to do. Alex's turn, and he obliterates the game. Huge score comes up. You know, a couple a uh, couple sort of pucks close to my high score and his first ever shot. Uh, easily the best person of the day. And I was like, damn, this guy's good. So then he has his second shot about 20 minutes later and eclipses my score by like two points or something like that. So I had to very reluctantly flip the board over and get him to write his name on it. Yes. <laughs> A record that's held since 2019. Um, yeah, you can't get much better than what he did. And it was his second ever shot. So, um, huge spotlight for Alex for his Shulin ability. That's so good. Uh, Alex finds a way to get mentioned on this podcast. I do like that. He does. Uh, he's good like that. All right. All right. There's there's no shortage of not light. So, you go your hardest and I'll fill in the gaps after. Nah, I'll, I mean, you won't be going with this one. I know that for sure because you just contradicted me earlier. My not okay. my not light goes to. Let, I'll, be, I'll try to be. I'll try to be clear here. My not light goes to anyone playing MA two, um, and um, yeah, I might just single out MA two to be honest. Yes, numbers have grown um, at the first weekend of nationals, but MA two is sitting on a cool thirteen people. You can't tell me that there's not more, like. 100 MA2 alone around the country that should be rocking up to this event. This is our premier event at one of our, if not the premier course, hosted by most one of some of the most premier people uh, in the Tasmanian crew. Get involved. Like, I don't care if you think, oh, no, nah, I'm not, I can't win a MA2. Wrong mindset. You're in MA2. Come and play and have some fun. This place is awesome. Tasmania is beautiful. Um, I just, I, I need that to get well above 100. 75 is just not doing it for me for that first weekend at Nationals. Um, I want bigger numbers there. Great point. I love that. Going after a whole division, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. Nah, cool. Pull your head out, MA2. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, oof. where do I start? <laughs> Um, nah, it was windy, so I I'm not going to attack too many of the lower divisions for their horrible scores. Uh, but I got to go pretty hard on the higher division and his horrible score. Uh, my honorable mention goes to Aiden Howard. Just a cool 6,000 points below his rating. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, my maths had it at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, round two was 110 points below his rating. Uh. I know it's... I've never seen anything like it. Uh, the whole event, the whole event, might not account towards his rating at all. Maybe uh, I have no idea what happened, but tw twenty-six strokes off the leader in two rounds. He's a lot better than that. Um, but yeah, I played terrible and I killed him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and it's a bit of it's a bit of a long time coming. Like I don't think he's just been slaying. It's it's been a while. I feel like since I've seen him on top of the social day leaderboard as well. So. Um, I don't know what's going on, Aiden, but um, yeah, you, you're my honourable mention. But um, my actual not like one thing we don't like at the Thrallers is DNF. Oh yes, worthy. W one thing that we really don't like is when you don't tell the event organisers that you're DNF. Oh, you're joking? <laughs> nah. So I'm doing the announcements, and I'm like, "Where's Phil? Where's Phil? Just waiting, waiting, waiting. No Phil Morgan." Done well. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but he had a pretty shocking first round. Um, Taron took a snowman on the last to sort of get into the same spot as him, but there was a fair gap between him and second last. Uh, and I don't know, maybe crack the sads? Not sure. But uh, just didn't show up. Didn't tell anyone. 
So that's a that's a pretty big not light from where I'm standing. Yeah. Fitting. So yeah, my my not light goes to Phil Morgan. Well we, okay. Hmm. All right, well, that, uh, yeah, that wraps us up for another week. Long one. It was. But uh, always going to be like that with the, the big Melbourne Celebrates tournament. 100%. Cool. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Legends, peace out.